Welcome back to another episode of the best podcast in the minors. We got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we've been working through our, uh, I guess, like reviews of each of each affiliate. Like a stop down the minor league ranks. Yeah, we wanted to talk about affiliates. each each club, and then we'll kind of recircle back on the top prospects at the end of this. But this week we're going to talk about the Springfield Cardinals. I am, of course, producer Carter. You've already heard minor league dude Daniel Guerrero. What's up? Uh, we talked about. This is an interesting... We're talking about the Springfield Cardinals today. Yeah. And the Springfield Cardinals are interesting in that they are they don't have a ton going on. Right. Which is very rare in the Cardinal... For the Cardinals, I think right? at the AA level. So I think I think maybe it's just because I'm like going based off of what we saw last year, right? AA was the place to be. Where AA was a place to be. And then even before that, where you had... You know, you had Avant Herrera and Juan Yepes there in 2021. Um, where you looked at the... Cardinals system and kind of the layout and where guys were progressing in their development. Um, Springfield at the start of the year seemed like a spot for a lot of guys. This year it's a little bit different of a landscape, right? As Carter kind of alluded to. Right. It's a, it's a, there's just less high profile guys to talk about. Right. And, and, and yes, less high profile guys when it comes to the guys who we look at as the, you know, the guys on the dispatch dozen or the guys who are on like the MLB pipeline, baseball, America, prospect rankings where you know you look at memphis and have a handful of guys there right where you now you see what the changes of jordan walker and you see mason win there mm-hmm. um michael mcgreevy now up there which we'll kind of i guess briefly talk about him in a little bit um and you also look at well, Beach and you look at peoria where it's like okay yeah. there's this kind of fills out those lists and you look at springfield at the start of the year on opening day the top prospect was michael mcgreevy who um, Isn't the there of, anymore? At the end of April, was promoted from Springfield to Memphis and has uh, pitched very effectively at the AAA level. Um, but when you look at Springfield, right? I mean, there's there's guys who I think are very intriguing names, guys who kind of make a case for um, kind of like honorable mention or kind of like off, like lower down the list of, of those prospect lists. Um, and yeah, I mean, I and that's that's something. That, I mean, we're we're going to kind of look at now um, and just. Some who are off to pretty impressive starts. Some who um, are in that kind of range where, like, they're not really like a prospect or they're never really considered one, but are playing at a level that you really can't ignore. Yeah, like it's for for example, the the pitcher I want to talk about most on Springfield's roster will not appear on a top thirty list. Mm-hmm. And and again, like I want to talk about him not only because like I you know I've talked about him a lot. But because he's been genuinely performing very well on a roster of, of guys who don't have a ton of notoriety. And, and and so it's it's an interesting collection of players, mm-hmm. so to speak, down there. And it's almost like this is an opportunity. And maybe you can correct me about this. Is like, uh, is there an opportunity here? Because there are guys who aren't high profile that like it's kind of like a winner take all down there. And that's some kind of, you know diamond in the rough will emerge by the virtue of these guys are all getting playing time there's no one guy that's like the big focus right like mm-hmm. i look at like I, I go to mlb pipelines top 30 list which is not like the be all end all of um prospect ranking prospect right. the dispatch doesn't has their own but of the top 30 only two of them are currently in springfield that's notable mm-hmm. right it's it's and we've talked a lot about this podcast in particular has talked a lot about Mike Antico mm-hmm. based on last year, my being convinced that he was going to play a role in the Cardinals. He never did, but he's a guy we talked a lot about. And Andre Granillo, Granillo 
mm-hmm. is being the other, who's the 28th guy on the rock on the MLB, MLB pipeline. Pipelines prospect. And he's an interesting right. player, but he's a couple years away. He's this, he's that. It's funny that MLB pipeline lists Mike Antico's major league ETA as 2023. Mm-hmm. Cause I just don't see that. I, I, I agree in the, in the sense that, I mean, we already talk about a crowded outfield. Yeah. That's kind of talk I, about guys competing for spots. And we're seeing, I mean, we saw so much shuffle at the major league level where, I mean, like I, I think in maybe a perfect scenario, like a dream scenario, right? Where you're in September, the Cardinals have <laughs> sure you maybe call them up. Um, you know, position themselves, I guess. And I'm saying dream scenario and a scenario like for the Cardinals, right? I mean, obviously we're yeah. objectively speaking about these things, but like in in the perfect scenario for Mike Antico, it would be up in a role where he is kind of the Bendeluzio from last year, right? Where he's a guy who's yeah. playing defensively because um, Mike Antico has shown he can have you know. Uh, handle center field well he's shown that he can be a threat on the base paths um all these things are true i I do i do think mike antico as far as like just offensive production is uh so this ahead of where ben deluzio was last year oh yes okay yeah so but let's get into mike antico here because like you look at this roster there's two guys on offense that are really worth talking about Mm. There's there's a few more there's a few more but two right off the top that are like Wait, really obvious sen- like in what sense though well like, I think they're just more as far as like pros- prospects specs okay. they're more obvious than the other than I think the, they're yeah yeah it was because like I I looked down this list and there's like Pedro Páez is mm-hmm. an interesting catching prospect mm-hmm. he's hit th- close to three hundred in double A this year in like how many games like twenty four games he's hit two seventy eight which is around a rounding up you know mm-hmm. for sure. Um, takes he walks more than just about just about everybody else on the team. He's interesting. That's one thing. But the catching position right now is up in the air for the Cardinals. We're not going to get into that. But it's some there's something that, that's that's a there's some podcast stu- in baseball. Yes, we'll talk about that later. And then there's like L.J. Jones in left field. Again, he's not really seen as a guy who could play like a major league role. We don't project as him. Far, I think as far as positional versatility, that limits him, right? Where yes. He plays the corner outfields. And that's it. DHs and can play some first base. Um, but yes, uh, I think we'll, we'll talk about, I think we'll talk about LJ in a little bit too, but as far as, um, yeah, I mean, I think as far as guys who you kind of project to have an impact at the big league club or with the big league club, I mean that, that, well, there's only like, even then, like we can make, we can have, you can make the case that there's like, not many on this team at all that you could project easily to being on the big league club. Mike Antico with that dream scenario you just let, laid out. And then the uh, the other guy is Chandler Redman, who you can't even predict him, but he's just so far out hitting the rest of the team, like in terms of things. In terms of power. power. I mean, 10 homers, 581 slugging percentage, and he's taken 26 games. Leads the team in walks. Um, has the highest OPS on the team, mm-hmm. highest slugging. You know, he struck out the most or second most on the team. But like he, he's he slugged his way into a conversation. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like you said, but about when it comes to where he fits in the conversation, it does get a little bit harder to project. Uh, confusing. Yes, uh, but then Mike Antico, who is having a very bizarre season, because um, I'm going to read down his stat line, and there's some interesting things. He has 25 hits this year, uh, 20 RBIs, six doubles, two triples, five home runs. So he's shown some power. The power's up, and that's something yes, he that- talked about. Yeah, that he talked about uh, this past offseason. He worked in, I think it was somewhere in Pennsylvania. I, starting nine, I remember it was a facility, I think. <laughs> I'll find out for you. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's something he had a, a focus on and something he had said he went to the fall league to work on. I mean, the numbers out there just weren't as um, productive, right? I mean, especially when you compare, you know, what other guys like Jordan Walker did in the fall league. Um, but yeah, but I mean, when you look at Mike Antico and what he did last year, I know we get caught up in the stolen bases, right? I mean, stole six or seven bases. It's pretty easy. To get Diamond nine. Up. Diamond nine. It's a facility in, in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously he has that speed on the base paths that can change a game. But um, here's the thing. he You're right. The power but, is there. He's only stolen two bases this year. And that, that I think, is a product of him just not getting on base. I mean, yes. he only has a 306 on base percentage. Um, he's not taking make. walks. He's striking um, out right. a and, third uh, of the time. And that, that's a, that's a mm-hmm. good point you kind of bring up about the walks, right? Because last year he also led the Cardinal system in walks, I think, with 71 um, had the most played appearances for a Cardinals minor leaguer, and I think was one of maybe he was he he was up there in terms of a uh, uh, across the minors in terms of played appearances. He was towards the top of those lists. I mean, across across all of minor league baseball. Yeah. Um. And and that that was something he had mentioned. You know that it's not just about. I mean, you obviously have to get on base to steal bases, and we're not seeing that right now. But we are seeing that power. Um, show up. I mean, he's, you know, four ninety five uh, slugging percentage, which I mean for him, it's a pretty noticeable uptick from where he was at last year. I mean, last year I think yeah, um, he only had fourteen home runs, if I'm not mistaken. Um, let me fact check myself right now, but yeah, I mean he homered fourteen times in one hundred and thirty one games. I mean through twenty eight games, he's already homered five times. I mean, which when you kind of look at the rate of those things, I mean it's. Obviously not like, you know, a huge, stark improvement. I mean, we're like a drastic one, right? Where this guy's going to, you know, just, just like is the most homers he's ever had. But, I mean, you're, sure. you're seeing those differences. I think you're seeing the ball fly more uh, and jump off the bat a lot um, a lot differently than he did last year with, with when he makes contact. It's interesting because, like, you look at his – he the power is so definitively up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so – the power, the power, is so definitively, definitively up. He's got a four ninety five slugging. He's got this. He's got that. Last year he had a four ninety slugging, mm-hmm. so, like across two, or uh, ex- no, three ninety five. Excuse me, three ninety five in his brief appearance in twenty twenty one. Excuse me, is where he had a, uh, a four ninety uh, a four ninety slugging. Could have been, yeah, but in one hundred and thirty one games, I mean that's almost. I mean one hundred points. I mean obviously, like it's still. It's a huge it's, jump. Well, yes, but it's also May eleventh. Yep. Um, as we record this. Yep. But, I mean, when you look at 100 points in terms of slugging percentage, I mean, that's... Significant. Significant for a guy who's always just been an on-base guy and always been a stolen base guy. But this is the question about him, is that, like, okay, great. You're showing power. Mm-hmm. Important. The Cardinals literally sent down Jordan Walker because they weren't getting the, 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 the power they were hoping out of him, right? Like, the launch mm-hmm. angles, these, this, yeah. that, the other thing, extra base hits. Hitting the ball hard, just not lifting it. Right. They weren't getting, but this Mike Antico is getting the opposite. He is hitting the ball. He's getting doubles. He's getting triples. He's hitting home runs. Not taking walks. Is this playing away from the type of player that makes him special? I think. Are you taking away what makes you special? Yeah. By not taking the walks, by not getting the base hits, by not getting on base to then steal a bag. It's an. Int- it, I don't know what the right answer is. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, right. Like I, it's. It's an interesting conversation. It is an interesting trade off because I do think. I mean, especially when you look at guys who are um, stolen base threats. I mean, I, I think speed is one thing you really can't teach. And I think... No, not... Speed, you and when it you comes can get to, better at it, but you can't teach speed. And 
Yes. So, I mean, I, I think that's something that's kind of still part of his game. I think it's shifting his identity a little bit. Whereas he was this guy who... No, he was a power hitter in com- college. Comes in where... I mean, okay. Um, but, I mean, but when I say, like, like changes identity a little bit, where it's like, okay, now he's adding this other... I mean, maybe it's not, like, a complete tool. Like, power tool maybe isn't fully there. But it's like, okay, like, he's shown that, okay, not only does he still have that ability to steal bases when he gets on base... He has the ability to play solid defense, um, but like okay, like now this guy can can connect on the long ball when he need or yeah when he runs into one. Agreed. It's it's not a, that rare of a thing, um, you know, where you're looking at a guy who like okay maybe runs into a home run every now and then. It's like okay, like this guy has the ability to drive in runs when you know when he's clicking. I guess it's a question of like, and I don't disagree with you actually. I think that's a really you make a really good point as to like in order to become the best version of himself, diversifying his game isn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. becoming yes like getting more into his game isn't bad yeah. and i i think i think just the part of that it's because like i i know we talk about like uh, i mean i mentioned right where there's there's a fit for a guy who is a speedster who plays solid defense but there how many really i mean how many spots really is there for that guy it's and very when, and it's when does very that, few. and when does that spot open agreed. up and the longevity of it agreed because you know the when we saw this last offseason the cardinals bring up ben Deluzio, who's that fits that role mm-hmm Playoffs come around, gets eliminated, and, and yep. that's it. I mean, then Ben Deluzio is out searching for whatever his next gig yes. is. Now, it's interesting only because there's another guy right behind him. And we, we talked about this and with yes, Peoria. Victor, Victor Scott is yeah. like right on his tails. And it's like, oh, maybe I have to be a different type of player because they have me 2.0 on my on my tail. Mm-hmm. Like, it, he's coming up. Now, the thing I would question, though, is that, okay, if I gave you these stats as a major league statistics right like if i if if i told you this player player x did this and this is the best he can do Mm -hmm. is this a good enough major league player to play every day he has an he has an a obp of 344 he slugs 395 ops of 739 14 home runs 71 walks 143 strikeouts 67 stolen bases that's mike antico last year mm-hmm. that's an everyday major league baseball player if he can do that at the major league level you don't need to like if he does that he doesn't need to make it a 25 like what's the difference between that player and if he hits 14 home runs or 25 but his batting average takes a whatever number dip right like i think i'd rather him be a 14 home run guy who hits now who hit he, he only hit like what 255 last year at uh, Springfield when he actually got up there it wasn't great so it's like we're not actually talking about a huge OBP dip it's just he's he 233 ooh, even worse so it's not it's like he's actually hitting better for average he's just not getting on base nearly as often because he's not taking mm-hmm. the walks so it's an it's a trade-off that I'm curious about that could over the course of a 100 what, what is the minor leagues play 140 about 130 games. 130 games it could it, it will even out I'd imagine but it's interesting um Springfield is not just Mike Antico Right. Obviously. And this podcast is not just Mike Antico. God, I'd love it if it was. Um, but there are other guys on the line. Guys like, and this is another guy to talk about, Matt Caperniak. Great, so, Great Britain's own. Right, right. Great Britain's own Matt Caperniak. Um, somebody who, when I talked about, like, isn't your typical prospect and has really never been considered a prospect, mm-hmm. but is playing good enough where you say, like, okay, like, the numbers are really impressive. Matt Caperniak fits that mold. Yes. I mean, was undrafted coming out of college uh, and really has kind of found some 
offensive consistency in, in really a lot of the levels that he's played in. He's always ended up being I mean, a gamer. Career 302 hitter in the minors across 231 games. Um, this year is batting 327 with an 848 OPS to start the year, 393 on base percentage, um, playing regularly, playing at left field for Springfield. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, as we've mentioned before, I mean, there's so many guys in the Cardinals outfield at the top levels, so many guys in Memphis who... A lot of outfielders in this organization. Right, right, where yep. Matt Kaperniak is, is in a position where it's like, okay, well, there's a lot of things kind of have to go right for for that that to get his chance to get that chance i mean and somebody who's you know i guess the antico thing not not to make it not to make it like always about mike antico he plays center field which is notable that's the only thing it makes him more positionally versatile whereas caproni back plays left Mm -hmm. it that's the only note to have about that because otherwise they're very like to 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 the credit of caproniak like antico we talked about him as if he could be a major league guy he's also limited by the log jam in center field in the outfield yeah. right same same kind of deal but yeah, and, and continue about no, Matt to, just to be sure, i mean this year in uh in springfield uh my uh Matt Kaperniak has started nine or played 19 games in the left field two in center and 10 in right so i mean there is that possibility right but i mean it, it's when you when it comes to like just naturally who yeah who belong i mean what spot do they belong in it's it's like the corners in it, it's it's a corner outfield mm-hmm. spot for for Matt Kaperniak. Um, but yeah, but like when you when you look at the numbers and you look at what he's done, um, it's kind of hard to ignore that. But I mean, like I said, it's it's an it's 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 just a, yeah. it's a tough projection for Matt Kaperniak because of the limited positional versatility um, and just that crowded spot, right? And I mean, we're talking like you mentioned with Mike Antico, where there's a guy in Peoria who's kind of on that heels of of. Mm-hmm. of Showing that production, being a top draft pick. I mean, with Victor Scott, who went fifth in the draft last year, or fifth, fifth in the fifth, fifth round, round. Uh, in the draft last year, where, or I mean, it, it's 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 it, it's it's a very clouded path for for somebody like Matt Kaperniak. But yeah. I mean, when you play at that level, um, especially at the AA level, where we talk about that being kind of the separator league or separator level, um, a spot where you kind of get a better sense of of what kind of player or what kind of major leaguer a guy can be i mean matt Kaperniak, i mean has kind of shown like okay this guy can can hit and can hit productively it hit consistently or yeah hit do, consistently, do right? it do, do it for average right like a 327 is nothing to shake, shake a stick at it's definitely something that like as a minor league podcast we also look at how guys get promoted and demoted and stuff like that mm-hmm. he could very easily find his way onto, onto memphis this year if he continues to hit like this especially if there's a shake-up later in the year mm-hmm. with guys going going in up. and out and this and that yeah exactly he's interested and he's a guy who's clearly benefited from the wbc rather than the opposite mm-hmm. got a really good role playing with team great britain a and team with not a lot of pressure on them nope a and team where at bats and innings were going to be available played well and is now continuing to play well as the year goes on mm-hmm. um there's then two more guys outfield wise worth talking about or sorry outfield wise hitting wise in the field mm-hmm. um and these are names that are new to me okay. I, don't, I don't know i've looked them up right but we haven't talked about them before is what i'm saying right we've talked about lj jones we've talked about pedro pajas we've talked about chandler redmond and mike antico and mike Kaperniak and 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 you know even we've talked about guys on this roster who haven't played many games, like Noah Medlinger and who's uh, new to Springfield. Yes, J- Justin Turner. We've talked also about also new to Springfield, right? We've talked about some of these guys in the past in other contexts, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but uh, Jacob uh, Butchberger, Butch- Butchberger, Butchberger plays third base. He's 
played 26 games, um, five home runs, 11 RBI. Uh, all, this team strikes out a lot. That's the thing I note when I look at the uh, the stats. The Cardinals, yeah. Strike out a ton. Uh, and he's stolen a couple bags. He's at 213, but he's in an OPS and the plus in 600 plus. Uh, he, is he a guy to, like, what's his deal, I guess? Like, what is this something to keep an eye on? Or, like, he's only 25 years old. Um, pretty sure he was undrafted, but I'd have to... Undrafted. Yeah, okay. Um, went to the 2022 Arizona Fall League? No? Are we sure about... It says he played with the Salt River Rafters at some point on his, on his uh, transactions page. But... Um, he's been around. Like I don't. I've never heard of him. Like why is he someone who's been hitting for power at Springfield? Um, I think he's somebody who provides depth in the system. Okay. Who, I mean, I I think it's a good answer. Um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, he's not. Again, Jacob Butcherberg is not somebody who comes off like as as like you know that. But this is like on your that, on that prospect yeah. list. Um. But when you look at him, I mean, he I think spent the entire last year in, uh, most of last year at least in Peoria. Um, got kind of like a little sense of, of Springfield at the end of the year with yeah, like, about five games. Um, yeah. But yeah, but when you look at a guy who can play third base, I mean, he's also, I think he's also shown that he can play first base. Um, certainly a guy who, I mean, because I, I know we talked about this a lot, right? Where you, you mean, you have like your top prospects, right? And you have the guys who are towards that top of that prospect ceiling and top of those mm-hmm. minor league ranks. Sure. Um, but you also need that depth. I mean, because you're, you you just need that in a system. You need that in any team, in any team, especially at the at the big league level. Um, yeah, and I, I think he's somebody who does provide that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's somebody who I mean, I think with the opportunities he'll get this year, I mean, we'll get a better sense of who he is, right? Because and he's getting when, opportunities because when you when you look at, um, like you said, when you and I think you mentioned this perfectly at the top of this podcast, was we don't see a whole lot of of big name prospects at this level mm-hmm. but there are certainly opportunities for guys to make their ways and carve their paths into that yeah. that future and i mean it could be one of those things where it could be in the future of the cardinals or it can be the future of a different organization if if they play well enough and you know have an opportunity to kind of show that you know they, that at, at a higher level they can succeed the that's a great way of putting it they can play their way into an opportunity um the the fourth guy or the last guy I guess we're going to talk about on the on the infield per se is a, another name Archimedes Gimboa. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a, a a I don't want to say a true Crash Davis because he's not that old. I think he's only in twenty five, but he's bounced around organizations a little bit here. Uh, I'm just trying to think of like who what's his situation. He's been playing well for Springfield, it appears. Um, it's in the 270 kind of area. It has home runs, six stolen bases, plays shortstop. Um, am I wrong in remembering that maybe he was a minor league rule five guy from San Francisco? Well, he was with the River Cats last year, and I think they had eight players taken from them. Yeah, roster. I'm trying to remember. I'm this is really bad on me for not knowing this going into it, but if I remember correctly, he was at one point he was a top 100 prospect. Very, very, the very briefly with, yeah. with the Phillies, but I, be, but I, be, if I'm trying to remember this correctly, I believe he was a minor league rule five from the Giants. Um, 
where he was event where the Cardinals got him from, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But he's been playing well. Again, this is another opportunity. I just feel like at this point, like we don't there's not a whole lot to go into with these guys. It's not like ah, Archimedes Gimbo, which by the way, great name. Archimedes, like that's a heck of a name. I love it. Uh, we don't have to dive too deeply into like well, the swing path of Mr. Gamboa indicates that he's the guy behind uh, Mason Wynn for the next shortstop rule, right? But, like, these are guys, like like you said, playing their way into opportunities. And they're members of... They're starting They're starting for the Cardinals' AA affiliate. Mm-hmm. Like, that's notable. Like, those are the guys who are two steps away from the major leagues. Yeah. Like, if Archimedes Gamboa... If, if a, a rash of injuries plagues the Cardinals, he is... As, as they like to say, a heartbeat away from the presidency, right? Like, huh. he, he's in the organization. He's playing well. He's someone to keep an eye on, mm-hmm. as this podcast does. Is he going to impact the Cardinals? All signs point to no. Mm-hmm. But he's in the Cardinals organization, and he's worth keeping an eye on. Um, yeah. Well, now, maybe here's the guy who you're thinking of. Is it Jose Alvarez, who the Cardinals plucked from the Astro system? It, yeah, it probably is. Um, but yes, but yeah, no, but you're no, right. I, I it you, is. I, I think there's there's a lot of shuffle. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, 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 yep. Obviously, this last off season, but Jose Alvarez is definitely a guy who is interesting in terms of where he was at a year ago. Yeah, I mean, because when you look at what he did in 2022 with the Astros um, in their farm system, uh, played in low A, played in High A, double A, and triple A. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it was only one game um, with the Sugarland Skeeters, but I mean, Great. got to the level. Um, but yeah, but I mean, he's definitely a guy who's kind of uh, interesting in just where he fits in the system and fits in the organization mm-hmm. because he's a catcher. He also has played right field. Dalton Varsho. Um, he was in. He was non roster invite to big league camp this past <laughs> season this past spring training this is what i'm thinking of you're 100 um, percent right yep and yeah and you look at the numbers and in 20 games he's batting 314 745 ops no pop uh, hasn't homered yet only has three doubles uh but getting on base at, mm-hmm. with a 388 on base percentage doesn't strike out. out 11 times <laughs> i mean there's walked nine times i mean so there, there are a lot of boxes to check when you look at um, productivity, right? Guy who does not striking out a lot. Guy who's putting the ball in play. Guy who's getting on base regularly and mm-hmm. hitting for average regularly. Doesn't have the 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 pop like you mentioned. Um, and somebody who positional really versatility. Yeah, and somebody who really doesn't fit that prospect mold or make those prospect lists. But he's twenty two and he's in double A. That's a, that's right on schedule. And I, I mean think. that that yeah. yes, and that so that that that's kind of where I, where I was kind of going to, and I, I think that's what you. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously before the yeah, for a little bit of confusion. I mean, where are you going to? So I mean, and and that you you look at him, and he, I mean, over his career in eight hundred and twenty one minor league at bats, he's hit two eighty one. I mean, so it's a guy who, yeah, I mean, doesn't fit that prospect mold. But when you look at what he's done, and you look at the the positional versatility. Um, like you said, kind of like the Dalton Varsho guy who plays outfield, guy who can catch. Do it all. Um, yeah, I mean, or even you look at uh, other guys at the big league level, right? I mean, how many times have we seen a catcher or a, pros- a catching prospect switch and play a different position? Yeah. I mean, just off the top of my head, I mean, look at like Taylor Worf and the Angels, right? Who just drafted <laughs> as a catcher, plays third base, and then plays left field. I was going to say Bryce Harper. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. <laughs> like played college catcher. Yeah, okay, sorry. 
But it, but yeah, yeah. Or, or Kenley or I, I mean this is a whole, Jansen. A whole weird one, right? Yeah, Kenley Jansen went from a catching <laughs> went from catching in the WBC for Netherlands to, uh, yeah. to, to closing out uh, uh, playoff games and uh, for the Dodgers. But yeah, but I mean when you, when you look at what what Jose Alvarez kind of offers in terms of versatility and what he's shown in production, uh, I I this is a guy who I would very much like to learn more about and keep tabs on, um, just as far as kind of uh, I mean learn more about obviously yeah. like background stuff, but. But I mean, just just keep tabs on and, and see, you know, if these opportunities help allows him or gives him the I mean, gives him the opportunity to, to make his sure. own path in, in this in the Cardinal system. I mean, obviously they they took him in the Rule Five draft for a reason. Um, That's the thing is like the Rule Five is a is a, is a lottery ticket, right? Mm-hmm. It's taking guys out of other organizations who you feel could be something that they're not seeing. Yeah, and I got to be honest when I look at his. Like Fangraphs, like long term stuff. Like he was, you know, seventeen in rookie ball. You know, been playing pro baseball for a long time, but he's still twenty two, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to understand like why the Astros don't protect minor league protect a guy like that. Like, what happens with a guy like that? Mm-hmm. But that is that is to you know the Cardinals' credit, good on them for finding a guy who might have something to offer a, pos- mm-hmm. a positional versatility at the least that like hey it's a it's a lottery pick like this guy's interesting yeah you're absolutely right i was gonna say when you wanted to learn you say you want to learn more about him it's like well i have this great post-dispatch writer who covers the minor leagues i can refer oh, well, refer I mean, you I to get you. No, I get yeah. you. And that, that's, yeah. that's something where i mean when you look at or yeah. i guess like in um i strive to do i mean yeah learn more about each guy in the system i mean it's kind of are we going to edit this out so that you can go write a, a story right. about this guy so that you can uh uh and then we'll release this part of it afterwards right. and part one part two yeah so this is after the fact this is after daniel realized he was super interested in uh mm-hmm. in in jose alvarez no but i think you're i think you're right this is actually this is genuinely a very interesting player who has played very very well at springfield mm-hmm. um pitching unless you have another final thought on the hitters anybody else there that strikes your interest no i mean i think we've kind of touched on i mean a lot of the guys that's a lineup that's like nine dudes we've talked about <laughs> but yeah but i mean when you shifting like to the pitching side of things i i um i know you kind of mentioned andre Cornillo at the top of this yep. um kind of one of the other guys that that's been kind of interesting to watch is wilfredo Pereira. i mean he pitched in the wbc so mm-hmm. he got like some experience there i mean he kind of uh had a rough time rough go around um, for Team Panama out there, but I mean, when you look at the level he was playing at I and mean, the competition he had to face, um, I think it was yeah a pretty I mean just effective learning experience for him. Um, but yeah, but when you look at the the, the pitching staff, I mean, Andre Carneo is kind of that that de facto top pitching prospect after Michael McGreevy's departure, or not departure but promotion rather. Um, I think I'm just realizing that Springfield is the Cardinals' like landing spot for most of their minor league Rule Five guys. I think I knew that in my heart, but like I, I'm just now mentally like realizing it because mm-hmm. like you're right. Like he has become the de facto like Wilfred, Wilfredo Pereira has become the de facto ace mm-hmm. of that staff in terms of like thinking of minor league pitching rotations as like mm-hmm. the ace is the top pitching prospect, so to speak. Um, but then you look at who else has been playing a lot of games, and it's like. Ryan Shreve has been uh, out of the bullpen. Brandon for th- Komar. Brandon Komar. Like, it, that's now four of their five. Rule five. Yeah. Yeah. In I'm trying to think about where Jose, what was it? Um, 
Who's the not Jose? Well, Wilking. Uh, Wilking is 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 is, is, is obviously yes. the, the major league rule five pick. Uh, Jose Martinez is who I'm thinking Jose of. Jose Martinez, yes, not not that Jose Martinez. Yes, yeah, it's another Jose Martinez. Is the other one, and and, and he, I believe he is he is also on this. Yeah, he is. He's had mm-hmm. seven. He's had seven relief so appearances. The rule five, it's the, the rule five landing Cardinals. spot, and then you have like Logan Sawyer, the old man of the roster, um, <laughs> also on this team. It's just such an interesting combination, right? Right, then, indie ball. Yeah, God. like. Um, but so Andrew Gineo, not a great, um, start to the season. No. Yes. As far as, um, stats go and just performance on the field. I'd actually say it's very bad. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, and I, I, I think a product is that is, I mean, it's because I mean, as a reliever, I mean, he's really had a couple of rough go arounds and, and really only a handful of starts, but obviously that's, um, I don't think he started the game. No, 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 Like, in handful, sorry, handful of, of appearances. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Right, where, I mean, I the, the biggest one, right, is he gave up six runs in, in the third of an inning. Mm-hmm. Um, he's given up 20. over, he's pitched 15 innings, he's given up 14 runs. Yeah. Which is, like, uh, inarguably bad. Um, but, I mean, when you look at this, I mean, it's only been three outings in May, but hasn't given up a run in his last, uh, well, I guess if you backdate it to the end of April, um, hasn't given up a run in his last uh, seven innings. Okay. That's certainly better. Yeah. This is the context. Spans. Yeah. Five, five, uh, spans five, you know, uh, appearances. So, I mean, getting back on track, but. Trending um, upward. Right. And this is a guy who, especially in the role that he's in right now and on that roster, I mean, it's going to be pitching in um, really their high leverage spots for them. Um, he has he, closed out a few games for them uh, for Springfield. A, yes. Right. And we did see him briefly, I guess maybe a cameo, I'd call it, in the Grapefruit League. Yeah, he did get an opportunity, when, didn't he? You know, when people were seeing number when people saw number fifty take the mound and mm-hmm. flash huh. ninety five miles an hour, yeah, and Adam Wainwright, like, yeah, well, and Adam Wainwright had to go on Twitter and say that wasn't him, yeah. Um, but yeah, but I mean, obviously, we saw what that kind of looked like in in the Grapefruit League in that type of setting. Um, I think one of the interesting things that last year, I remember looking into uh, just kind of some of the different intri- intriguing stats from pitching prospects across the Cardinal system. Andre Granillo actually had the highest swing and strike rate um, of players in the Cardinal system, and that was, you know, obviously a minimum of 50 innings pitched. Um, but when you look at that, right, and you look at the power fastball that he has, um, obviously uh, this kind of swing and miss pitch is a slider. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see, I mean, 19% swing, swing and strike rate on that, and you see what, what, uh, um, what he kind of can do out of the back end of a bullpen I mean, he's a guy who is another one who really provides depth in the system. Um, and I know we've talked about this before, right? Where there's always a need for arms at the big league level. Um, where we yes. see even in spring, we see even in Memphis right now, where there's some guys who um, you take a look at. I mean, I, Jake Walsh is one that comes to mind. Um, you look at, I mean, I mean, we actually we saw Jojo Romero. I mean, obviously get optioned back down, but you look at yep. there are guys who are already you know at Memphis that that have an immediate path to the majors and can provide an immediate um, fill an immediate role, right? And I think when yes. you look at Andre Granillo, who's, you know, 22 years old, this is the second full season of minor league baseball. Um, I, I think this is, you know, when you, when you, when we see him, I think this is a guy who, hey, maybe down the line, um, maybe not this year, but even next year, right? There's Where something if, here. If he, gets to, if he gets to Memphis at the end of the year, comes into next spring, um, obviously, with that experience under his belt, really has a chance to to find a role in a big league bullpen someday. 
and that's really like we t- we've talked about this before about finding lottery tickets right mm-hmm. like if you can find a like the best teams in baseball create their own pipeline they don't use free agency or trades and mm-hmm. and the cardinals have been sorely lacking in like a, re- a reliable pipeline of quality to the major leagues they've, they've put a lot of guys in the majors but they haven't quite like cracked the code of these like top level guys yet or mm-hmm. finding a top level guy who isn't like like nolan gorman as a hitter for example was a first round pick mm-hmm. that's not like that's supposed to hit right like that's supposed they have they, they you know like they have had a harder time finding that like sixth or seventh round pick who turns into like a one or two war pitcher yeah regularly like on like andre palante is close to being that mm-hmm. he's not quite there but he's close yeah like, i think brendan donovan has brendan donovan is a great, another great is a great example he could right. be yes I mean, absolutely. even lars newpark and again great example guy. but they haven't done it quite yet with pitching is mm-hmm. i think right, like right. palante's close he's not quite there yet zach thompson he's another first round pick not quite the same point i'm getting at mm-hmm. um dakota uh, hudson I, hasn't been the guy if we expanded maybe to the four or to the fourth round i guess uh, who are you thinking? Gordon Graceffo can be that guy. He could guy. be that guy. He absolutely could be that guy if he's an elite pitcher. Yes, he could. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's something like, I think, like, it's all about, like, oh, it's like, almost fifth like all round. about, like, no, out, fifth round, sorry. Uh, even better. It's almost about, like, outshooting your draft range. Mm-hmm. And the Cardinals haven't quite, like, done that with pitchers yet. And, but if you can turn Granillo into a bullpen arm mm-hmm. over the long term, that's a success. Because yeah. he wasn't expected to be, right? Yeah, like, I mean, when you have a yeah. 14th round pick. I mean, yes. And right, right. I get you. It's almost like there's a level of draft ranking or like international free agent ranking mm-hmm. where it's like this player isn't expected to be a major leaguer. Like we're this part of the draft. It's part of the system. Mm-hmm. We get it. But like, it's almost like at what round is it? Like the third or fourth or fifth round where it's like, no, 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 this isn't expected to be a major leaguer. But if this, it, is, this is more depth or this is a role player. Yes. This is right. But, but if we can get them to be one. Right. That's a success. Right. Where, where like, you look at, I mean, I, I just to go back to the Gordon Graceffo, uh, I guess, example, where yeah. you take a guy in the fifth round from Villanova who, okay, maybe think, like, with his velocity can fit a bullpen role. It's like, okay, well, now you see what he did with the innings and opportunities. Like, okay, maybe this is a guy who fits in the middle of your rotation. And that's a huge success. That, right. Yeah. Um, you look down the list here. So, Andre Gneo, you talk about him. He's got a save. It's funny that, like, they don't, listed as blown saves he's had two save opportunities but he's only had one save mm-hmm. which then like i guess that ind- indicates like a blown save i guess yeah, I'd say that. um same thing but like the next guy i want to talk about and talk about uh out shooting your draft range mm-hmm. um because like th- this person is doing that i think already right like how many yeah. how many rounds are in the draft now it's 20 20 rounds are in the draft I think so. uh nick trajeric iverson was undrafted nti nti the the pride of oakville ontario canada uh and he's un, he was undrafted right and so like the fact that he is already becoming one of the more successful minor league relief pitchers in the organization implies a degree of success beyond your draft position mm-hmm. right like lots of like most undrafted guys don't get past yeah low a right like that's there's so many rounds in the draft like it's it's hard right. to I, I, that's part of like the matt caperniak example right where he yes. was drafted out of a division three college and it's like okay like these guys with opportunities are getting um are performing and nick trogger like iverson is one of them right where i think he had a kind of a, a little bit of a rough go around at the start of the year in peoria before he really figured things out um and really was one of their more effective guys out of the bullpen 
I mean, not only that, but provided uh, like a decent amount of, of innings in, in terms of length in his appearances. Oh, yeah. He was, and he turned into, well, he has now turned himself into someone who it's like, wow, he really like helped out Peoria last year. Mm-hmm. Like he figured it out. He, he turned it around to now it's at the point where it's like, oh, no, like this person has been succeeding every level they get to. Mm-hmm. Right. Like now, again, you said it earlier. It's May. It's May. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's hard to like take any. You have to take everything with a grain right. of salt. I remember we talked about this all last year when it comes to sample sizes, right? Yes. Or when when is it right? Where it's like, okay, this is who the guy is this year. Right. This is who he is. This is who he's going to be. We just don't know yet. We're not there. I don't think we're there yet. We'll get there. We're not yeah. there yet. But in ten appearances over fifteen innings, which in, he's a multi multi inning pitcher at this mm-hmm. point, uh, he's allowed five earned runs, sixteen strikeouts, six walks. So he's got a positive. Um, strikeout to walk ratio about du- about double close to triple mm-hmm. three to one just just about uh, 15 hits over 15 innings that's probably the worst part of it but he has been in all like the thing I guess I'm, I'm looking at is that much like Andre Gurnia when you look at his game logs it's like his whole big collapse happened in one game at the end of April against the Wichita wind surge where he gives up uh, four hits in an inning and two thirds and takes the loss, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, it's one really, really bad. And then he's had a handful of, you know, there's another game where he goes three innings, one hit, four strikeouts, no walks, uh, one and two third, one earned run, a walk and a strikeout, mm-hmm. you know, like he's had more really positive outings than he has negative. But when you look at this roster, when you look at this, you know, innings pitched sort, sort by innings pitched sort by ERA, sort by whatever the number is you want to sort by, he has been quality. Right. Which is all you can ask for a guy who is an undrafted relief pitcher out of Gonzaga. Mm -hmm. Um, And not only that, he was signed in 2020. Didn't play for the first year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or I mean, you come into a tough situation, obviously, state of, you know, minor league baseball. Yep. Um, But yeah, but I mean, I, I think when you look at kind of what he's done in the role he's filled there... I mean, and when we talk about, you know, big league bullpens, there's obviously guys who pitch in high leverage, spot, leverage spots and yep. fill those roles. But, I mean, there's also, I mean, we see across the big leagues where there's guys who are bridge guys, guys who, um, you know, provide that stability mm-hmm. when you need innings. And if you're looking at a guy who can do that in multiple innings, I mean, after, you know. Fireman. Maybe, maybe we're yep. sitting here in September talking about NTI and, and what Lewis. he's proved. Right? Mm-hmm. Or no, well, I mean, what he's proved in – and we've seen the Cardinals like be willing to take guys who are like not high profile mm-hmm. and hand them roles. Like James Nail is on the Cardinals right now. Mm-hmm. Like that's not a guy who was like, "Wow, he's the guy." Like he was just good, and yeah. and now he has a role with the twenty with the forty man. It's almost like he's a role with the forty man because he's going to get like op- he's going to get sent back down again, and he'll get called yeah. back up, and there'll be a whole thing but to how a role for him in the bit at the big league and they they and brought him back because they knew that like yeah. you, you talked about it just a minute ago where it's like there is a need for arms at every level mm-hmm. and if he can continue to be quality there will be a role for him yeah especially as that as you say can pitch over multiple innings like like ima- imagine this because it's not hard to there's a game in august where it, the cardinals are up or down six 
in the sixth inning Mm -hmm. and you're trying to get your starter out of there to kind of like save his arm or he's you know not want to run wayno's pitch count way up or wait you know whatever the whatever the reason is and you need a guy to get you from the sixth inning to the eighth inning in a five-run game nti has a very that's a case for that kind of pitcher Mm -hmm. like that that is the kind of pitcher that can handle that load and from there you earn your way into high leverage situations, mm-hmm. right? Like, but let's get to that point first. Um, I think that's a, like, it almost seems like if he continues to pitch at this rate, at this quality, mm-hmm. it, surely he will be in Memphis by the end of the season. That seems yeah. like a, I, I think, I think part of that's also just kind of what Memphis's layout looks like, right? Yeah. Where they need arms, right? Where we, I know, I know this is another thing. I mean, I guess going back to the Mike Antigo thing where we talked about where do guys end up and obviously, mm-hmm. Naturally, you'd think, okay, spending most of the year in Springfield would could possibly lead to that. But then you look at the kind of the even that crowded outfield, yeah, um, create creates a tricky situation. Where so I, I think when we look at same thing with with Troger like Iverson, and you look at where he could end up at the end of the year, Memphis right is uh, conventionally like the, yep. the the spot. But it's, I mean, I, I think a part of it also has to do with you know what what is it, what are their needs up there, and what what does the makeup of that bullpen look like sure yes yeah. agreed 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 okay we've now gone through all three of the name or i guess the high level single double triple a organizations i guess we can handle a little bit of uh um palm beach next week and then kind of go over extended spring training because ex- extended spring, the complex league will start here soon right soon enough right. it's almost soon it's almost summer can you oh, believe that almost summer summer um i won't sing the rest of that uh frozen song well no because then we'll get like a copyright strike or something that's true they might think you're josh Mm cat yeah Mm. or people might think like how do they get olaf on the podcast yeah the backside of water um uh (laughs) oh two h oh two h yeah really um he was a skipper wasn't he that's the whole bit they talk about it often. I feel like they bring it up that so, he. So no, so I, I guess he had like always wanted to be one. Oh, he just showed up, he just showed up one day and to was do it. Mm. Jungle Cruise skipper. Mm. Um, this is again the best podcast in the minors. Not well. I guess we can have the. We should do the best podcast in Disney. Um, Would we be able to do that? I'm sure, I'm sure it wouldn't be. Not here. We'd have to do right, it on our own. Right. We have to do it on our own time, not on post dispatch time. But we could do it. Uh, could. just discuss our favorite disney rides um rank every disney ride one through 50 one through 50 who, who's getting sent down to the minors um autopia oof, brutal <laughs> okay let's get back on top brutal mr mr toad's wild adventure hey um <laughs> wild ride wild ride um there's lots going on in the yeah. minor leagues. There's lots going on in baseball. The Cardinals situation is ever changing, which has at some point we will have a discussion about how like the Cardinals situation at this this season yeah. will have an yeah. effect on the minor leagues because it does. They they are they are tangentially tied together. Like mm-hmm. cannot they cannot be separated. Like come July there will be a conversation about which prospects get traded for assets or which ones don't and which new you know which major league players could get traded for, and what level of prospect and they which, could, they, yeah, they, they or would, they which would gain. guys, right? Get an earlier shot than expected, right? These these things are tangentially tied together. There's yeah. just no way of separating the Cardinals from their minor league systems, as much as we want to try to, right? Like at some point, Matt Libertor is pitching so well that he's going to have to leave the minor leagues again mm-hmm. to go pitch in the major leagues, right? Like that's yeah. Or at some point, there's a need for innings, and Connor Thomas, 
has to get caught. Right. Like, right. He's going to make a starter too. Like I the, mean, it's just naturally. I mean, we talked about this a lot last year, right? Where there's always a need for innings, always unfortunate yes. series of events when it comes to injuries where there, there's, there's something that happens. It's unavoidable. Yeah. It, it like, it's funny because like we look out at across the, the, the vista of major league baseball and like we are one bad slide away from having Moises Gomez playing left field mm-hmm. for the Cardinals, right? We are one, um, who, whoever, right? Like it, it, it is inevitable that players will change the yeah. levels they're in. So at some point we'll do an episode about that and we'll kind of talk about like the audience and that's that and the, the drama that has ensued because of it. Um, cause there will certainly be drama one way or the other. That's what we specialize in, right? Daniel? Mm-hmm. Uh, until then, anything else you want to add before we sign off here? No, yeah, just keep it locked in here. Um, oh, no, well, not locked in, like, literally here on this podcast, but you on STL Today. You can never leave. Dispatch. Right, just listen to this on repeat. Make it your most... When when See, my, my, my goal is to... When people are posting their Spotify raps for 2023... Oh, we want one. We want at least one person yeah. mm-hmm. to have the best podcast in the minors as their number one listen to podcast. Agreed. That's it, a dream. It'll be my dad. Um... <laughs> No, but, but until- yeah, but, but yeah, but just keep it uh keep it locked in the stltoday.com with the post dispatch. Um, you know, check out Lynn Worthy in in, in check out Lynn Worthy right. Lynn is in Boston this weekend. And right, his, his hometown is that what we call it? Uh, yeah, home area, home, home area, region. home region, from Massachusetts. He's fr- he's from New England. Um, yeah. so he'll be there. Um, we have an STL soccer talk this weekend. We have Tom, ho- Timmerman. Tom Timmerman and me. We have uh, hockey stuff still going on with Matt DeFranks. I thought when you said hockey stuff, I thought you meant like Ben Hawkman, Benjamin Hawkman stuff. Ha- Hawk mini stuff. Um, he's does he, 10 Hawkman every day. Um, keep it locked in. Yeah, uh, eyes at, on the Tiger with Big Matter and Ben Fred. Ben Fred. Inside Pitch. We got... We got Chock full of stuff. All sorts of stuff. It's amazing what one because, subscription. As Derek Gould would say, a smorgasbord of oh, Cardinals and sports content. A smorgasbord. Uh, it's amazing what one digital subscription gets you access to all, all, all of this content. We'll even best we'll, deal in baseball. We'll even throw in Derek Gould stories for you. Right. That's what that's what we'll do that's for you. If, wait, that's if, the, but wait, there's more. Call and ask for a digital subscription to the St. Louis Post Dispatch. Tell them Carter sent you, and we'll add Derek Gould's content to your to your subscription. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, I am Carter Trapley. That has been or will always be Daniel Guerrero. Forever. We will be back next week with even more minor league baseball to talk about.